Hey, Rob here. And this episode of the Cricket Table Podcast is sponsored by Audible. Today's guest, Lori London, is the author of the Trippy the Fly book series. But if you want to really get the full extent of Lori's talent, you need to check out the audiobook versions on Audible. Lori narrates the stories herself and performs the voice of Trippy. To check out those titles, as well as thousands of audiobooks, podcasts, and other spoken word entertainment, start your free 30-day trial over at audibletrial.com slash Crooked Table. That's audibletrial.com slash Crooked Table. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast, where we discuss the world of film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yannis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table Podcast. This is Rob. On this show, we democratize the film criticism conversation by bringing on fans and critics alike to dig into their personal connection to a current or classic release. This episode, we're going to be talking about the 1941 comedy Ball of Fire, directed by Howard Hawks, and I am honored to welcome back to the show, Lori London. Lori, welcome back to the Crooked Table Podcast. Thank you, Robert. I'm so happy to be here. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) So tell people that didn't listen to our Christmas in Connecticut episode, another S.Z. Sakal film, uh, incidentally, which I think is how Ball of Fire came up in the first place. Um, Mm -hmm. What, you know, what have you been up to? We are the author of the Trippy the Fly children's book series, and I know you've been working on a lot of projects related to uh, to Trippy's adventures. Can you fill listeners in on what you've got going on? I sure can. Uh, I've been working uh, just pretty much day and night, seriously. Uh, the other night I was sitting at the desk and I'm doing storyboards and I don't really illustrate, but uh, I do the best I can. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't eat. Gee whiz. You know, <laughs> so I've been like kind of a, I don't want to say a workaholic, but I'm very passionate about what I do, as you know. And uh, yeah, Trippy uh, right now, uh, what's happening in his life is uh, I have been working on a cartoon short uh, for a while. Uh, this is a promo uh, that will be resubmitted. Uh, there was some interest from Nickelodeon a, a little a little while back, and um, they wanted to see a cartoon short, though. Did I have one? No, you know, so, uh, you know, here comes a year later. I meet all these wonderful people in California. Uh, my friend Alan, who's a sound designer, has won multiple Emmys, Ace Awards. I mean, these people are, you know, they're veterans. Uh, the editor that's working on this uh, has um, has worked, Bobby Grant, he's worked for uh, ABC and Warner Brothers uh, years and years. Um, so we've got some really great people. Uh, our animator graphic artist person, uh, Ben Bowles, um, he just recently did something for Disney. Um, so we've got some really cool, fun people. And the best part about these people is they are true creatives, uh, in my estimation. They are all about getting the project the best that it can be. They all love Trippy, um, you know, uh, which is Uh, a plus, (laughs) but that's what we've been doing. And, um, in the promo, um, we're going to show Nickelodeon and there's actually a couple other, what I would call heavy hitters, uh, in that business and film and the cartoon world. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, sending this into I'll be hecked. Uh, I'll be hecked, uh, used to be CEO of Nick a couple years ago. Um, I've emailed with him, uh, seems like a very nice man. Um, 
So uh, he said, you know, send me the short. We'll see. He goes, once I look at it, maybe we can see where Trippy might live. And, and just the offer of that, wow, is, you know, really great. So there's that person as well. And then I was also introduced to uh, Fred Siebert a couple years ago. And, um, you know, I'm supposed to email him once a month and let him know how Trippy's doing. And I've been bad about that. But uh, I do plan on sending him the short as well. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any interest there, but I'm still going to send it. And then we do have the interest from Nick. So this is great, you know. And then all of a sudden, God brings me all these super cool veteran, you know, talented people to work on this, right? I mean, you know, (laughs) nobody can tell me this isn't meant to be. I just, you know. And then I wrote him a theme song, um, which I was talking to you earlier, telling you I have written so much. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I have rewritten and rewritten and rewritten. And I guess I really had no idea about how many rewrites there are. And now I'm really getting... Uh, not just my toes in the water, but my, my feet, my legs, everything, you know, <laughs> but uh, I've rewritten a bunch. And then uh, not too long ago, my friend Alan says to me, you know, he goes, what if we put the song at the front and write the cartoon short according to what's going on in the song? And I'm like, and, and, and at first I thought, oh, that's great. And then my second thought was, oh, my God, I have to write it again. You know, <laughs> it's like, no. So, but but uh, what I've got here, I'm looking at it on the wall. I literally have pieces of paper with my cartoon crazy scratchings and my storyboards all over the wall in my room here. And, uh, you know, this is a very different and super fun time, though, Robert. It really is. So that's what I've been up to. And um, we're getting ready. Um to start with what they call animatics and um, and elements and all these these terms I'm getting used to. Uh, what, what are those? You know, I can't even <laughs> tell you. I shouldn't have brought it up. But but anyway, it's it's just a part. It's a process uh, that you go through with the um, from when you get from storyboard. Now you're going to see, you know, you have uh, what's called assets, which are, you know, things that uh, the animator, graphic artist can use Trippy to make his mouth move and to animate him, you know, make his arms move, these type of things and make him jump around or whatever he needs to do in what I've written here. So, uh, yeah. So that's what I've been up to. Just, you know, some stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I think and you, you know, you mentioned it a little before we started the call about how obviously with everything that's going on you've been kind of it's been really easy for you to focus in on kind of getting letting those creative juices flow and it's fortuitous that you're working on something that involves animation because like a lot of stuff in the industry has had to kind of hit an indefinite pause and except yeah. for animation <laughs> you know animation's like one of the few projects that you few. could be worked on from beginning to end from right. you know in remotely basically yeah 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 and and you know, as I said earlier, I know this, this is such a, this is one of those times where once we get past all of this, Mm. this would be one of those, like, where were you when this hit, you know, that type of thing, or where were you when what was going on, you know? So yeah, this is one of those. And, uh, we will get through this, this too shall pass. I believe this, uh, I know this to be true. Uh, it will, but, uh, for me, and I can only speak for myself. Um, I, am actually looking at this and some people listening might, you know, might find this hard to, and that's okay. That's okay. Because everybody's experience is different and everybody is reacting to this differently. And everybody, um, you know, uh, is, is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, they're entitled to how they feel, of course. But for me, and again, I can only speak for myself. 
this time has been a blessing. It's been a literal blessing. I thank God every day. When would I have the time to do all of this? Uh, you know, we were also talking, right? You know, think about life. It's so fast paced. It's this, it's that. Da, 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 da. And you're like, I don't have the time. Oh, I can't make the time. I, I'm just not going to have the time to do it. I, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to find the time. <laughs> right. Right. Well, exactly. Here, here it is. <laughs> do what yeah. you want to do. Do what you need to do. Get stuff in order. Get things done. I've done a lot of self. Um, you know, I've gone deep. You know, and 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 gotten through some some wonderful things. Uh, some some healing processes, which is great. And uh, I'm just a happy person. And I'm I'm Trippy makes me so happy. And again, I'm very passionate about this little character who is so so inspiring. Um, not just little kids, but adults. I mean, you know, he's a fly who can't fly he has wings mm-hmm. okay but but they don't support him in what he should naturally be able to do does he curl up and die of course not he's trippy the fly you know but he 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 has this unique ability to look at the bright side and i believe his ability and this really equates to us as humans too i believe his ability is to stay do do whatever you can to stay in that happy zone i know we're humans and i know you know don't don't Ooh, don't, because uh, everybody's done it. I've done it, you know. Uh, I don't want to go too deep here, but, like, if we give ourselves an excuse to feel bad, then right. we're going to feel bad. We're going to feel bad. And how does that feel? No, right. it doesn't feel good, you know. <laughs> so, so Trippy has this unique ability to look at the bright side. And it's not to say that he has never gotten sad. You have seen his first and second book. That's where we met at the Barnes & Noble in Florida. Right. But, um, you know, in the first book, uh, yes, they are tears of, I can't, you know, he, he had just tried to fly and he couldn't, but he shakes it off. And there's the message, right? right? And in the second one, he cries again. But this time, it's a joyful cry because he realizes that he understood French from the, the lady who opened the airplane door when he arrived in Paris. So, you know, and now he's in England and... Uh, you know, still trying to work on that. Right now, again, my focus is this short. Uh, this is this is the big thing that is pulling me right now. And so this is what I am, you know, I'm paying attention, you know. And it's funny. You know, I say, oh, yeah, we all have antennas. Well, you know, maybe we don't see our antennas, but that's our spiritual self. Like, if something doesn't feel right, well, guess what? Turn the other way, you know, then mm-hmm. go this way, because that's not what you're supposed to be doing, or that's not who you're supposed to be hanging out with, or that, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, we all have internal antennas, I think. And do we pay attention to them? Well, I try to, you know, and Trippy, you know, he teaches me, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I think there's a lot kind of wrapped up in the character. I mean, you mentioned about oh, yeah. his, sort of his, I think it's inspirational for, and I touched on this a little bit in our last conversation, but for people that didn't, that didn't hear that one yet, shame on you. But also, <laughs> but also, um, it's it kind of been inspirational as far as, you know, getting young you know children and for interested in travel it has the whole sort of um you know metaphor of, of someone that's differently abled and trying to at your response to that situation and you know i'm i'm someone who's dealt with anxiety and sort of depression and so having that sort of can do attitude you know i my yeah. i have my wife that helped me kind of focus on being more solution driven instead of like kind of wallowing and the difficulties and the obstacles. And right now I think right. it's, it's a lot of them right now. And a lot of people are, right. as you mentioned, really dealing with um, personal struggles with their, you know, their work, mm-hmm. their, their, their family their life and things like that. Everything. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a mess. Yeah. And so I think it's important that you're putting something positive out there. And also I feel like right now, 
might be the best time to have something yes. creative to shop out there too. Like just on like a, so from a marketplace perspective. That's we're, how I, that's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're recording this days after HBO max came out. I feel like every other week there's a new streaming service or network or web thing or mm-hmm. on like there's a lot, there's infinite mm-hmm. places to, yeah. to shop this kind of material too. So I think mm-hmm. that the market is really kind of ripe for something like this. I just thought of the word ripe. Yes, exactly. Trippy is ripe for what's going on. And my sister, who, you know, she doesn't do anything with any of this, but she, she even said, said to me, she goes, you know, it just seems like this is the right time for Trippy. And I said, yeah, it does, doesn't it? You know, it, it, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very true. Uh, but, you know, it's funny. My, my, sound, my friend Alan, who's the sound uh, engineer, he's or not engineer, designer, excuse me, <laughs> sound designer, big difference. <laughs> he said to me, he says, uh, he goes, he goes, I kind of look at Trippy. He just said this to me the other day. He goes, I kind of look at him as kind of a Zen character in a way. <laughs> he said, because, you know, he's able to, you know, kind of tune in and uh, tune out other things and basically align himself to to his joy factor, you know, which is kind of what we were just talking about. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And through his daydreaming, which is the best part of him, I, that's the, that's the fun part to me. Uh, there is a part in this song. Uh, it was, I got to tell you about the song. My friend Galen Breen down in Nashville. Hey, Galen, if you're listening, you better be listening. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he's a wonderful producer. He plays many different instruments. Um, and, uh, so went down there one day, recorded it. Boom. First, first, thing out of the out of the park you know and uh which was great but there is a part um i was singing in like two different octaves i'm doing i'm singing in the voice of trippy i'm also singing in the voice of the great book (laughs) so this was a wild i've never done anything like this i've never written actually this is the second song but i've never you know gone in to record uh for children's material uh never written children's material right. uh i i really really was very adamant about wanting to introduce um some jazz type feel some notes uh some riffs with the guitar you know whatever uh you want to call it but when i grew up looking at certain like bugs bunny for instance i mean there was all sorts of music. There was all sorts of genres of music. There was even orchestrated music, for God's sakes. I think even once, wasn't he like a conductor of an orchestra? I mean, you know, so kids were exposed to like so many different modes of and, and, and genres of music. And I loved it as a kid. And I thought, what do we have today? Do we have... I don't watch cartoons. Let me just say that up front. I, I don't watch cartoons. I don't. Um, if, I, if I do watch one, it's an older one. But, but I... I thought I really, when I write this song, I want to have some type of a jazzy type influence and it does and it's great and it's up tempo. And, uh, but there, what I was getting to, there is a part where we doubled over my voice and it's almost like a jungle beat. And I repeat the words, trippy, 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 the fly, trippy, trippy, trippy. And then it goes, trippy, the fly, he's a guy. He don't know why, but he can't fly. Oh, trippy, 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 the fly. Anyway. And in those, repeats this is when we and we're able to show some of the daydreaming that he does mm-hmm. and we've got some really cute i think they're cute um so not only the places that he wants to go are 3d here in the real world yeah but as we know you know trippy messes with quantum physics he's very smart uh you know in the france book 
we've got him uh, doing equations on a board with a rocket trajectory. I don't know if you remember that page. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and my illustrator, Heather Bonstetter, God love her. Hi, Heather. You better be listening. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She knows me. I'm nothing with her. But anyway, uh, I'll send her a thing. But anyway, um, she did something that I didn't know she was going to do. And, uh, it, it, it would always be up to me if I wanted it on there or not. But, but I love that about her because I like to give her more free reign with stuff, you know, but, but because that's the collaboration, right? You yeah, know, exactly. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your, you know, that, I, yeah, it's my project, but I want to know your stuff. Yeah. So she sends back the first page and there's three trippies on there. And I'm like, how come there's three of them? Like, I didn't catch it. I didn't get it. And she goes, well, because the equations, and she goes, don't worry, don't worry. She goes, she, right away, she knew what I was going to ask. She goes, it's, it's public domain. I checked, you know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but she says the equations on the board are actually quantum physics equations. They are the real deal. And so she said in that page, it's a joke kind of between us in a way, but at the same time, I think this is why Alan, my sound friend, he, he, he calls him Zen, right? Because apparently he's already figured out quantum physics because there's three of them working on the board. He's in three different dimensions working. I mean, you can take this as deep as you want to or as light as you want to. Kids aren't going to catch any of this more than likely unless they're just super, super duper brainiacs and they're into that. And that's possible too. You know, some of the kids really are, are, of course, but I like that about him. I like that. He's a little on the edge on the fringe, whatever you want to call it. Um, You know, but, but at his core, He's very sweet and he's very kind and he's got a big, big heart. And that's more important to me than any of this other stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so the song uh, got written and the song got written for a reason. See, I just wanted to write him a theme song. There had nothing to do with this cartoon short because we were already working on the short. I'd already rewritten it. But do you see how things happen? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, I just look at everything. It seems so gifted. I, I just feel blessed very much so. Yeah, it's yeah. it's cool when things align like that, uh, and like mm-hmm. like we said, I think, I, I think it it does feel like things are sort of lining up for for something big to happen with Trippy, uh, in general. Thanks and for so saying it. I, I feel that too. Thank you. So <laughs> you'll definitely have to keep us. We'll have to have you on again, maybe later this year to to uh, touch it. to touch base and see like okay now status update. <laughs> What's yeah, Trippy okay. up to? <laughs> I would love to. Um, I would love to. And can Trippy say hi to your audience? Real of quick? course, Trippy. Please okay. Go okay. Join us. Here's Trippy the Fly. Hi, audience. Hey, Trippy. You're enjoying the show. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. You're the best. Thanks, okay. you too, Trippy. <laughs> okay, go go sit down. Go play with Katie Scarlet. Okay. All right, he's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have voices. I have voices in my head. Oh, they're I, all kind. They're I, all kind. Yeah, okay. I totally understand. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a big I'm big into uh, you know vo- voices and and animation mm-hmm. and like voice acting. I like, I haven't, I haven't actually done that myself, but it's always been something <gasps> I've been really interested in. Oh, so that's, you should do it. Just I do it. should, Just I don't do know. It. I wouldn't know where to get started is my thing. Well, can I, can I share some, see, this yeah, is happening absolutely. for a reason. Look, can I share something with you? If, if this can help anybody listening or you rabbit. Sure. I did a voiceover. I went into my friend, Tom Jankowskis. Um, I went into his studio, my sound engineer back in Illinois and I've worked with him on many projects. He's really wonderful. Done a lot of uh, music CDs with him. Great guy. But anyway, um, we were in the studio. What was I kidding? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I said, I've always, 
you know, I feel like I got voices in my head. And of course, I'm sure he probably laughed at me. And, and I just thought, I want to do a voiceover CD. But I didn't even, like, I didn't, I didn't even, like, I just went in and did it, you know? So yeah. I thought, well, what can I do? Okay, I want character voices. What do I like to do? That's very important. What voices do you like to do? What have, what are, what have been some of the ones that have been in your head for a while? You know, I started right. out <clears throat> actually doing, like, uh, bird noises. <laughs> My mother, when I was a little kid, she, I remember this, she taught me how to make a noise like a crow. And from this day on, if there's a crow or a raven out there talking, I talk back to them. And then some, sometimes they fly off like, you're not a raven. We know you're a fake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's where it started with me. So, so with this CD, what I did, I thought, okay, to make this fun, I didn't plan on doing anything with it. I just wanted to exercise my voice. I went into the studio. I picked uh, from about mm, maybe five or six different movies, lines in the movies that I liked. And, and a lot of these lines, uh, they didn't necessarily were infamous, or one of them was, but, um, you know, uh, one had uh, an English, uh, I, was, I was portraying an English queen, and it was from a Drew Barrymore movie. Um, it's kind of like a Cinderella. Yeah, oh, Ever Cinderella. After. I, I, yeah. Ever After, yeah. Yeah, my wife loves that movie. So I do. Oh, yes, isn't it great? It's really good. Your, I got to meet your wife again. Yeah, she, tell her I said hi. But anyway, um, yeah. Um, I play, it's the scene where the, the mother queen says to the king, you know, about the son, you know, she's like, uh, you know, you, you, you know, I forget the line. I wish I could think of it because I do it right now. But anyway, so, so I did that. I took another one. Oh, oh, oh. Um, she was in the TV show. Um, not Melanie. Is it Melanie? Lin- no, 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 no. Oh, I can't say her name. But anyway, she was in two and a half men and she was the crazy neighbor. Yeah. Melanie so Linsky. In- I think you're right. It is Melanie Linsky. Okay, I was losing my. Okay, so she's in that movie, in that Drew Barrymore movie. If you recall, oh, she yeah. is the nice, the nicer of the two crappy sisters, mm-hmm. right? Okay, the mean, the mean sisters. And I do her voice because it was very different and very sweet. And she was, you know, she was fixing her back after she had been, you know, smacked. And uh, I just picked different things. And then one of them I picked was uh, Scarlett O'Hara, which was fun. And she's telling Rhett, you know, I will never divorce you, never, you know. And I don't know, this is a, a made-for-TV movie that they did like 20, 30 years later, uh, probably more than that, probably 30, 40 years later. And it's called uh, Scarlet. And basically the writer, I don't want to get too off here, but basically the writer uh, took the next day. Okay, so Rhett says, frankly, Scarlett, I don't, you know, forget you. What would have happened the next day? So mm-hmm. that writer took the premise of that, which I thought was so incredibly like, wow, how cool. And they took her life. She went to Ireland. She met her people. Um, you know, uh, she gets back together with Rhett and then they bust up and then it, it, a bunch of stuff goes on, but it's just called Scarlet and it's a mini series. So I did a line from that. Um, and so I just did things that made me happy uh, that I thought I sounded kind of good on. Um, I did a French woman announcing the arrival of Air France flight, whatever. Uh, you know, I just did a bunch of different things. And when I got out of the studio, I was happy with what I, what I heard. And then I also heard some things where it was like, okay, that sounded, oh, I did a Irish, you know, it sounded more like a leprechaun instead right. of an actual Irish person talking, you know, so that was a little bit too much. So I learned from, that little disc that I did. And it's just like I was talking earlier about getting your toes in the water. Would I just try it? Just do it. If you have a if you have a thing for that, you should just just try it. It'd be cool. You have fun for sure. Just try it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now's a good time, yeah. as good a time as any to, to try and throw things out there anyway, as we were Absolutely. saying. So. Absolutely. I'll, I'll yep. that, yep. keep that in mind. Um, I Absolutely. feel like we should move. We should move into the movie. I know. Um, I know. We're getting. Into I know. We always get it. This has happened last time too. We got into like a whole side conversation. We're like, oh yeah, wait, a movie to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we're, well, this is the Samuel Goldwyn, Howard Hawks yeah. uh, directed movie. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. So Ball we're here, of Fire, one of my favorites. This episode to talk about Ball of Fire from 1941. So let's listen a little bit of the trailer right now. <laughs> Great educators throughout the world have been forced to streamline our dictionaries and encyclopedias because of the demands of modern slang. Selected to perform this Herculean task of rewriting these ponderous volumes of knowledge is Professor Bertram Potts, who knows nothing about the subject of slang. This is research, isn't it? Yes. Certainly. Who is that guy learned so much from watching an apple drop? Isaac Newton, the law of gravity. Yeah, that's him. And I want you to look at me as another apple, Professor Potts. Just another apple. Yeah, that's perfect. What are you doing? I'm going to show you what yum yum is. Here's yum. Here's the other yum. And here's yum yum. That was a little bit of the trailer for Ball of Fire from 1941, directed by Howard Hawks. So, Lori, what is it about this movie that made this, you know, this the kind of the go-to one that even in the middle of our last conversation, you were like, next time, Ball of Fire. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Ball of Fire. I, I Because I was kind of sorry I didn't pick Ball of Fire. Because, remember? I was like, I do remember. Connecticut. And I was like, oh, no, I should have picked Ball of Fire. Yeah. This movie... I love movies that are clever with words. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I love screwball comedies, for starters. I love the black and white screwball comedies. Because because I guess what it is, I like to laugh, and I like to be surprised. And if you notice in this movie, too, like a lot of other type screwball-type comedies, um, a lot of things are said tongue-in-cheek or mm-hmm. under the breath. And if you don't, like, what? what did he just say? Oh my God. You know, and then you back it up. So, and then you get a double laugh out of it. So, um, I just find the writing on this very clever, so clever. And, um, and the, and a great marriage to this wonderful script, uh, which I believe the original story was Billy Wilder, who, you know, he's done so much. And Mm -hmm. another gentleman by the name of Thomas, um, Thomas Monroe. Yeah. Um, just, just um, just very smart, just very smart. And then that coupled with these seasoned veteran iconic uh, actors uh, that we've seen in other movies, a perfect example, um, the one who, uh, Henry Travers, he's the professor who um, uh, does uh, like the Amazon and the tributaries and he does all of that, you mm-hmm. know, that's, that's his, his uh, you know, that's what he studies. And, uh, uh, he was, uh, he was the angel in, um, what's the movie everybody watches every Christmas. Oh, it's um, wonderful life. Yeah, he was. It's a wonderful life. I was like, he, he looks is. so familiar. That's why. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize why. that. Yes, yes, yes. That's Henry Travers. And so, and then of course, S the Sakal. I, I, I cannot, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Um, well, it's the, like, S, the combination of S and Z that actually trips me up. I'm like, S, Z, it's like those shouldn't be next to each other. But be together. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it messes with my head. I feel like I'm saying it wrong, even though I'm, clearly it's an S and a Z. 
but yeah, yes. And how you, yeah, his name is like Sach, Sach. It's, it's, he's on Hungarian. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but uh, these are great actors. These are great character actors. And it, it, I'm sure, I have no doubt, if I could be, you know, the fly on the wall, no, no pun intended, but I mean, to time travel, I bet they had so much fun with this movie because these are just, these are professionals. And uh, it just seems like they made it easy. Mm-hmm. It just looked easy. The whole the whole thing flowed, and and to flow and be fast paced like that with all that that the words and the slang, and you know what else? Um, and I've loved this movie for years, but right now in writing uh, Trippy Loves London because you know he took the channel from Paris to England. You know, um, I am working <clears throat> as you know my stories uh, they're called poetry and prose, so they go in and out of rhyming. They always end on the rhyme, but. Uh, I'm I'm working with all of the British slang right now. Oh my God, is that fun? Oh, that's so, so cool. I I guess I love words and uh, I love I love uh, cleverness for sure. Um, it definitely has always uh, been appealing to me. And this movie's loaded with it. It's loaded with. Uh, it's also loaded with a bunch of other stuff too, little innuendos and different things. And you get a cameo of Gene Krupa, one of the best drummers like of our time. Incredible. Mm-hmm. With a Gene Krupa orchestra. I mean, yeah. that, you know, yeah. No, a lot of what you, you said reminds me of Christmas in Connecticut. I mean, obviously we have the Barbara Stanwyck connection. And the yes, S- I love her. S-Z, yeah. S.Z. Sakal. See, I have to mm-hmm. slow it down in the beginning. Um, <laughs> but that similar, like, uh, sort of subtle humor, that fast-paced wit. Um, the fact that both of them, this is a thing, you know, I hadn't seen either of those, these movies until until you brought them to the table. Um, but going back, <laughs> watching them now in 2020, I'm always like, let's see if this, let's see how this movie has aged from the 40s. And both of these movies right. aged pretty well. And as yeah. has most of Billy Wilder's stuff. So I'm not surprised to yeah. find that yeah. he, he was involved in, in the writing of this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, I was, yeah. I, I honestly, I didn't know that he was, an, and I was like, I need to know who wrote this because it's so clever. It's just so clever. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about Gary Cooper himself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find there's, there's been a few actors, you know, that you look back, he had a way about him where, <clears throat> you, I know you're going to know what I'm talking about, like, it's probably a better way to say this, but the way I can say it is he, he, um, <clears throat> he wouldn't have to say too much to get across. You knew exactly what he's thinking or what's going on on the screen. He right. just had a really kind of a unique ability. Um, he's one of those type of actors and I, I'm probably not saying it yeah, right. He's very, he, he's very understated in the yes, way that, yeah, in yes. his presence on screen. And yeah, he very physical actor too. Like the way that um, yes. Professor Potts, it's like just gets uneasy around uh, Sugar Puss and and just yes. yeah, all all of that. <laughs> like that whole, all of the they, they have and they have great chemistry in this movie. Yes, um, yes they th- do. and that makes mm-hmm. all the difference in the world. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the the language. We should just throw out there for people that haven't seen this movie. That centers on eight um, scholars working on an encyclopedia. And the uh, nightclub singer that that throws their whole world off balance, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and right from the beginning, like you could tell that the movie was, as you said, very tongue in cheek. You have Miss Totten coming in there and she's explaining like, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, my father just wanted this because his name wasn't in the Encyclopedia Britannica. 
David S. Yeah, Totten, like the inventor of the electric toaster. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it was it was funny too because like Cam, Thomas Alva Edison, he got like a bunch of pages, and then uh, they mentioned another one that got right. several. And uh, yeah, Alexander and, Graham and, Bell, I think it is. Yeah. Yes. 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 He got more pages, and you know, yeah. And so, so here they are. They're they're in this. You know, one of them referred to it as a mausoleum. And oh, and then you've got Mrs. Bragg. Mm-hmm. And I love the scene where Barbara stands. Well, maybe we should back up a little bit. Um, so he goes, uh, what happens? Oh, oh, the actor, I know, um, the milkman. That's what kind of started this all off. Mm. They're there doing, yep. their, doing their daily thing. And the milkman comes in. And he comes out with like a plethora of like all these different words. And they're all kind of like looking at him like, what did he say? You know, it's like, and that's when Gary Cooper realizes uh, you know, I just spent all this time on a section on slang. You know, I just embalmed a few dead words. This man talked a living language. And then he's like, being in here, cut off from the world, you know, I, I've lost it, basically. So this is when he makes the decision right. to go out into the public venues, the lives, the theater, the arts, you know, the slums. That was another one. He seems like, I'm going to go to the slums. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> The, the appreciation uh, of language in that scene and, and the, you know, the, the scene with the with, when they're when they're realizing when he's realizing just how out of touch he really is and mm-hmm. the scenes immediately um, immediately following it. I loved mm-hmm. all of that as, a, as an English major and a writer and a creative. <gasps> I was just like, this I is so cool. Major. Oh, wow. So this really. Yeah. 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 It, spoke, and, it spoke to him going and just going around and just jotting down what everybody was saying. And, and, and you know, in his innocence, too, and in, in the character that he portrays is, is super cute, too, because like the two girls on the on the trolley car, they're like right. looking at him like, get away from us. What do you want? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I love the kid uh, who's selling the newspapers. And he's like, Blit, what's he say? He goes, blitz it, mister, blitz it. Like, get out of here, you know, yeah. blitz it. And he's like, uh, oh, young man, uh, I'd like for you. And he's like, what are you, Father Flanagan? Yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, you're giving me the memes. And then he's still writing. He's going, you're giving me the screaming memes. Now, we've heard that. I, I, I think I may have even used that <laughs> not too long ago. And, like, and then another one when he goes into the, the pool hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, slap happy and um you know um oh god there was another one and it um, just cuts back and forth between him like leaning over and then then like the the notepad with all these different fra- yeah. That was great. yeah yeah uh salad sender uh loserilla yeah that's, a, that's probably not even a word but I, I, are any of these but some of these are actual i i did i did do some due diligence and a lot of these more than not are actual real slang words. A couple I found that I couldn't find anything on. They're just, they're just, you know, made up or whatever. Yeah. 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 So I, had a, I had a feeling, to, I had a feeling that might've been the the mm-hmm. case. This is 1940. It was a little time capsule of 1940 slang too, that I also enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, I was reading on that as well. And I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, some of the words came from the twenties as well. Um, you know, but uh, so then what does he do next? So see, he goes to the um, the Gene Krupa Orchestra is playing. He goes into the live venues and uh, it was so cute the way he wanted to join in after Gene Krupa comes down and he's doing that matchstick boogie right. on, the, on the table and they're all gathered around and he's like, boogie, you know, like he's so like just. He doesn't know. Well, socially, he's not been. It's almost like he hasn't been socialized, <laughs> even though he's, you know, he's uh, graduated from 
Princeton and, you know, that at all these places and he, you know, Rockefeller knows him and, you know, all these proceedings, but yet in the real life feeling emotional world, he, he lost, you know, and uh, yeah, I love the character that he portrayed, uh, Gary Cooper portrayed. And um, so then Barbara Stanwyck comes out and that song that she sang, I, I had looked this up a long time ago. I thought that kind of sounds like her voice, like that could be her singing. And I didn't, I know that she, I think she danced, but I didn't know if she sang. And then I looked it up and apparently it is someone else singing, but boy, it sounds like it could be her. Mm-hmm. And being a singer, being a singer myself, that's why I was listening. I'm like, Hmm, it kind of sounds like it could be her. But, uh, that song, Drum Boogie, I love that song. I love that song. Drum Boogie, Drum. And then the band goes, da 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 It's such a hopping scene. You yeah. Know? And one of my first, well, I mean, I got so many favorite scenes, but one of my first favorite scenes, well, it is the first scene between him and her, between Gary Cooper's character and Barbara Samick, is isn't mistaken identity always fun, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, the character, the two thugs, Dan Durier, and I don't know the other guy's name, darn it. Um, Dan Durier, he was an actor, film, he did dance as well. He's been in tons of things. Um, but anyway, he plays one of the henchmen. But when they, they put her in the room and then the door, he, Gary Cooper knocks on the door, she thinks he's the feds, you know, right. the FBI wanting to interview her about this this man that got killed. And um, so when she says to him, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, shove in your clutch, shove <laughs> in your clutch. I mean, and basically what that, you know, is that a real phrase? Maybe it is from back then. I don't know, but shoving your clutch is like, like basically back off, back up, you know, knock it off, whatever. Right. Shove, shove it up I, your, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Sho- shove in your clutch, like, like back up, you know, put your clutch, you know, down, down shift, go back, whatever, right. whatever, whatever. And, um, and then the other thing she says to him in that same line, in that same encounter, is she says something about um, something about his gums, like to stop slapping his gums. Like, in other words, stop trying to talk to me because I'm not talking to you. you right. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes is when they first meet. That That's very cute. Yeah. I and love then that. Um, she's a mobster's uh, girlfriend, or, uh, and her boyfriend is, um, what's his name? Um, Dana Andrews. Dana yep. Andrews. And he's Joe Lilac. Such a Joe movie Lilac. movie gangster name. Perfect movie gangster <laughs> name. Um, but yeah, so then we're all of a sudden in this like crime movie. Uh, yeah. I don't know where I guess. Yeah, she, it switches. It switches. It, yeah. yeah it's and, and like mm-hmm. I said, I hadn't seen this until today watching it for this episode. So and I didn't really read anything about it. I prefer most of the time to go into movies completely blind anyway. Okay, so that sure. you're comp- just along for the ride and you're, you know, yeah. I, you don't even know what genre Enjoyment. you're really watching. Right. And, and it's, yeah. especially nowadays, in modern movies, they give away so much in, in trailers that if it's something I know I want to see, I'll just. <gasps> I agree. I'll just yes. completely be like, oh, yep, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Don't need to know. I don't need to see the trailer. I'll wait till it comes out. Um, but yeah, so then we're in a crime movie and and <laughs> she ends <laughs> the scene in the car <laughs> with him, <laughs> her in there. Yeah, she's implicated. She didn't do anything. Right. And, uh, yeah, but she doesn't believe that the boyfriend is capable of murder. Right. But she's wrong. We find mm-hmm. that out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's scary. Um, he's scary. Jo- mm-hmm. Joe Lilac. Yeah, he's kind of scary, Joe Lilac. And uh, I love the scene where the, the, the thugs are talking to her. And she's like, Joe Lilac involved in a murder? She goes, I don't believe it. She goes, she goes what? how does this? Uh, oh, Pastrami. That was his name. Right. What a great, What a great thug name, Pastrami. He says, 
no, pastrami, that doesn't, you know, like that, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, why am I implicated? And she said, remember when you bought Joe yeah. a dozen pink, <laughs> pink, uh, pink, pink night, night shirts or whatever. And then you, re- and then you found out that the only color Joe Lilac wears is lilac. And she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, stuff like well, there's that. a scene later on too, where they're like trying it on different, like on yes. Joe Lilac and different thugs. Mm-hmm. And one of the, when yes. his lackeys takes credit and like, yeah, this is mine. I like wearing it three sizes too big or whatever. Yeah. And his arms are hanging down. He's a little short dude. And yeah, the yeah. arms are, and that's when the police were trying to nail him for the murder. And he, he walks uh, at that point. Uh, he does walk, um, uh, only later, of course, we know what happened. But uh, yeah, so then um, another scene I love is back in the, um, I keep calling it the mausoleum, but back in the, you <laughs> the, know, the, the uh, ultimate bachelor pad, I guess, because all yeah, of them except for, for real, one, right? is a, one is a widower. And then I call it a mansion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but when she says, to, when you see the, the seven, they call them the seven dwarves, right. when, when I see them start to like liven up and lighten up, uh, it's adorable. Yeah, it isn't is. It? I mean, it's so sweet. And each character, uh, even the most, the most quietest, soft-spoken one of them all, which is, um, oh gosh, is it Tully Marshall? No, 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 no. Um, I'll, I'll have to look up the name. But anyway, you know the character I'm talking mm-hmm. about. He talks, he talks like this, and he's very. And he was the only one that was ever married out of all of them, and he's the widow, and right. uh, he's just very soft-spoken and. You know, on their honeymoon night, they painted uh, uh, eight watercolors, you know, on their honeymoon <laughs> instead of honeymooning. <laughs> but anyway, that character. Uh, I think it's, is sweet. it Richard and Hayden? Is it, is it that the actor? It might be Richard Hayden. I'm trying it to. Might, that might that, be. Yeah. That might be. I'm looking, looking, looking. Uh, yeah, because so. his yes. his voice yes, yes, also yes. was familiar too. And I'm I'm looking in here, and he was like the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland, the Disney one, and yes, things like that. I'm like, no like wonder he yes. sounded so familiar to me every yeah, time he was, was talking. Very, yeah, yeah, that is Richard Hayden, and you are correct. Yeah, um, a very distinct uh, sounding voice. And you know, when I first heard the voice, I thought. Was he on Bullwinkle? I mean, it almost sounds like one of the voices from the Bullwinkle cartoon, but I'd have to, I'll, I'll have to read more up on him. But yeah, he's great. He's great in that role. But when you see all of them kind of come to life, she mm-hmm. brought this, this zest for life and living into the tired, sad, uh, dusty existence that they've been living for the last, what, eight years or whatever. And the scene where the one guy comes in, he goes, well, they were out of Beat Me Daddy Eight to the Bar, but I got, you know, there's other two, and they put the music on, and they're doing um, a rumba or whatever, mm-hmm. the dance. And then Bragg comes in and tells the Gary Cooper character, it's either her or me. You know, women like that have brought down countries. You yeah, know, I, I wrote that line down, to- too. <laughs> uh, that, the, that kind of woman, the, she's the kind of woman that makes whole civilizations topple. Yes, like yes, a Helen of Troy yes. type, basically. I guess yes, is what you said. Yes, basically, yeah. She's bad news, yeah. And this is Bra- in Miss Bragg's uh, estimation. So anyway, I love that scene too, uh, where they're trying to dance and they, they've got the wrong dance to the wrong song. And then when she comes in, you know, it's very fun, very fun. And then what you find out, and I think this is again in the writing, so clever, right? Up until that point, uh, I think when he meets her backstage. He's more, his interest is more in, in what's coming out of her mouth, right. right? But then all of a sudden it takes a turn. And the first time I saw this movie, I was, they, they got me because I wasn't really expecting, you figure maybe, but nothing led you to think that he was interested in her 
until they go into the parlor area there and he's telling her that she has to leave, mm-hmm. you know, because her, you know, she's no longer has a sore throat and she, you know, she needs to leave. Um, and then uh, he says, I too was keenly aware of your, uh, of your, um, your presence. And, and it's something so minuscule, like he saw the light on her hair through the window, you know, that like got him all crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's super, it's just sweet. And yeah. Really cute. And now, uh, what's, yeah. I was going to say the thing that I love is that the middle of this movie, like, it's sort of like act two is very, it's very much a hangout movie in a way. You're just kind of hanging out with yeah. this, this with woman and the, and these guys mm-hmm. just as they're, you mentioned mm-hmm. the dancing scene already. Um, mm-hmm. The breakdown when they're, when he's, she's in the like kind of round table discussion and she's yeah. talking with the other, all the other like subjects, I guess that he's, that he's, uh, you know, he authorities he's collected. Yeah. yeah. And they're talking about what corny means and like breaking yeah. that, like that again, as an English person, I was like, this is so cool. Um, but then, yeah, the, he, she says, uh, so I, I, st- I, she says something like I stand in the, you know, I get some sun in my hair and you have to water your neck, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And I thought that was, yeah. yeah, super cute. All of that was adorable. And because he is so inexperienced romantically, oh, he's yeah. just like, oh, oh uh, yeah. uh, he doesn't know oh, where yeah. to look. And yeah. And now I don't know if you caught this, but if you didn't go back and look at it, cause it's hysterical. To, I, I think it's hysterical. There is a scene in that scene we're talking about where, she shows him what yum yum means. Mm-hmm. Basically, she kisses him, yep. and he's just like, "Oh my god, what's that?" You know, probably his first kiss, right? He's like almost thirty, thirty something years old. <laughs> <His first kiss. laughs> so, but I love in the latter part of it, it's getting towards the end, and then they go outside, and the taxi has arrived for her, and Miss Bragg <laughs> is thinking that she's going to leave, right? Um, but right before that, he says to her. Before you leave, would you, you know, and he kind of subbed it out of half of his mouth, would you yum yum me like that? But when she goes to yum yum him the last, second time, whatever, if you notice, when she reaches for him, he ducks her. He like, <laughs> he like steps back like she's scaring him or like she's kind of scary her, you know, right? <laughs> her forwardness. But again, he's totally in character. Well, of course, he has to be, right? But I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, um, He's impressive. He always has done to me uh, with regards to acting. And he's a very, very good actor. But, uh, yeah. And then, of course, we know that the taxi comes and, um, you know, uh, he tells Miss Bragg to take the taxi, basically. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you can have it. It's all yours. Well, now, uh, now he's under her spell. For exactly. Sure, no question. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, obviously, Barbara Stanwyck is, is amazing in this. She was nominated for... Uh, best actress for the Oscars for this movie, and mm, yes, and yes. she brings that same kind of presence that she had in Christmas in Connecticut. Where you're like, well, yeah, of course he's falling in love with her. Hello, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and she's, right. She's exactly. just, she has such a, a fun energy in this movie. The way she just enters a room and she's yeah. like, oh, I'll see you later, kids. Like she's just like, yeah, kids. Yeah, everybody's a kid. Yeah, like, all these people that are like, yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and the movie, what I think makes her character so compelling is that she's very clearly sort of playing pots until oh yeah kind of almost until. the very end of the movie um yes. but she's still sort of sympathetic like she doesn't want to cross mm-hmm. a certain line she's not she's trying to she's trying to get herself out of a bad situation but she doesn't want to like mean, right yeah, yeah she's not exactly. a mean person she's not vindictive or mean no that's not her her thing she's just she's just a girl who was well they allude to that you know she was uh, born on the wrong side of the track basically mm-hmm. And she came up the way she knew how. And, you know, uh, later in the movie, as we know, she calls herself a, you know, a tramp. (laughs) Right. uh, Which I I was, I'm always kind of taken aback 
with especially Billy Wilder's stuff, how mm-hmm. forward he is about some yeah. of these concepts. Like the way the yeah. fact that they dropped that that word in this movie, I was just like, I was really well, surprised. But yeah. yeah, so so she finds herself midway through the movie that you know they have the the yum yum scene, and then I feel like there's a little a bit. Yeah, I feel like there's a little yeah. bit. I feel like there's almost a little bit of a time jump in between those two scenes. I don't know how much of a time jump, but I feel like all of a sudden he's ready to propose. I guess I don't know if it's supposed to be the next day or like a week well, later or what. But I felt like it was the next day because if you remember when he goes to bring her the breakfast in the morning, okay. <clears throat> She doesn't know. She just thinks he got her a present. Mm-hmm. Until she sees the ring, he makes a comment, which it's like this one line just kind of, for me, it tied the whole thing in. Because I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. Like, was there a time jump? He says to her, well, when one naturally declares one's feelings, that's like the natural next step right. is the ring and marriage. Okay. <laughs> you know, so it's like, so yeah, they can't, this movie might have been longer. Uh, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they had to cut it down and maybe that yeah yeah so at that point i think now she's not in love with him yet but i think now she feels guilty obviously uh so now she's realizing you know well i didn't mean for all this to happen so now you know she's getting in touch with her hometown girl you know feelings which maybe she hasn't you know been in touch with for a while mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so, um, and then uh, what happens then? I think that he ends up talking to the dad, which is actually oh boy. daddy. Awkward. boyfriend. Dan, <laughs> yeah, Dana Andrews. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, so then let's see. Oh, oh, the scene, they all get in the car. They all pile in the car to go to Rancocas or where, wherever they're going to get married at. And they get pulled over. Or, or no, they, they get they're going a car across crash. the bridge. Yeah. They get a car. That's right. He crashes. Yep. I forgot. That's yep. right. Gorgakov, the math- mathematician, and he asked for the policeman asked for his license, and he's like, "1904. Uh, you know, you should have had this renewed twenty times by now." <laughs> and, he goes, and then he walks away and he turns mm-hmm. to the other man and he goes, "What? He's talking." He goes. I, I I drove with that license. I drove Teddy Roosevelt, you know, <laughs> with that license or something like that. He said it was very funny. Yeah. Um. So then uh, they have to actually stay at the uh, the motel, and that's where it gets interesting because oh, yeah. uh, that's where I think. What do you think? I think that's where. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly where. Maybe she realizes that she loves him. I think might be. Yeah, oh, it might I, be later in the room. I think I, it's I, in I the room. Know. It's. De- I think it's definitely in the room. Uh, I mean, yeah. first of all, I think he starts to kind of break her down with the the ring with the Richard the Third like reference oh, in it, which I'm I wanted so to make sure I mentioned mention that. that. I was like, oh, wouldn't any woman, <laughs> right? Any, any woman, man, want want to hear that? That's super I mean, super sweet. Uh, uh, um, it's so touching. Uh, something about this ring and compass. A, a circle encompass thy thy finger the way it encompassed my heart because both are thine. Right, something exactly, like something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, um, beautiful. Yeah. And then you mentioned the uh, the phone call with Joe Lilac, and even the fact yeah. that that the fact that he's sort of masquerading Depending. as her air, air quotes daddy, and the way that comes back yeah. later, even that is sort of a double entendre that that felt yes, sort is. of like from for the forties. Yes, I was is. like, wow, okay, we're doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Daddy, daddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which you know, so, yeah, I, and again, that also that even that dynamic that that um, that 
gag with the, the daddy thing, I think is also very telling of the nature of their relationship and how he's got oh, all sure. the power yeah. and she's just kind of a, I mean, he doesn't, even, he's just marrying her because that way she can't testify. And like the whole thing is Absolutely. just, she, she's just oh, yeah. consistently being used. And I think yeah. it's that as, you know, to bring it back around, um, we get the whole Genevieve story um, yes. and, and song in, in the, in the tap room. And then mm-hmm. Potts goes into the, the wrong bungalow i guess it is right and right. uh the and, number the number yes. changes which is over. a classic yeah. that, like i wonder when i see old movies like this i always wonder like is that where that thing came from because you see that like a million thing a million sure. times since where the yeah. nine slips to the six or whatever mm-hmm, and they end up in the mm-hmm, wrong place mm-hmm. like you always wonder yeah how far back does that that particular that like go? thing go yeah Right. Where did that start? I know. I love I love the trivia and the history of things, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so very cool. cool. And I love the <laughs> cinematography and that like the way you can you <gasps> us the audience can see yeah. her eyes in that scene. Because yeah. I was even thinking that I'm like, they're not really going to have him him like confess his his feelings uh, un, unwittingly to her and then have us not see her reaction that they right. can't do that to us. That's like, don't, right, don't mess right. with me. Don't um, do it. <laughs> and yeah. so when, when they, when we do see her eye is kind of that close up. Uh, I thought that was, that was, uh, that's the moment I think where she definitely comes around mm-hmm. and it's like, starts to be like, okay, now I just need to, now I need to figure out how to get out of this situation with him yeah. and get rid of this lilac guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is just, it's very beautiful because this is, um, you know, uh, a, uh, we all have damages, right? You know, but this, this yeah. character has a, has a, you know, she's been damaged and she's not been treated right. And like you said, she is being used. And I even had the thought, now this is a little darker thought, but I thought, you never know this Joe Lilac character. He might marry her and then, and then have her taken care of, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But that way there's no witnesses, you right. know, because that's what gangsters do, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he's very questionable for sure. But, um, Anyway, but yeah, I believe that that's probably the moment. Yeah, yeah. She had to really, she had to face herself. And also, her trying to write down all her excuses, didn't you think that was great? Mm-hmm. And there's, she couldn't write anything. And when she shows it to him, when he, you know, he comes, oh, well, that's right. He goes, he goes back in, he meets daddy. Yeah, gets <laughs> punched come, out. Come to ran- yeah, gets punched. I think he got punched because if you remember, Dana Andrews says to him, oh, I thought you'd look like these other you know, seven dwarves or these like squirrely, yeah. you know, like older gentlemen. Yeah, and not Gary seen, Cooper. Oh, <laughs> you'd be like an eighty-year-old yeah, man. Gary, not a good-looking Gary Cooper, right. tall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then he became like jealous, but only because of like an ownership feeling. It's not that he really has feelings exactly. for Barbara Stanwyck. He definitely does not. But uh, yeah, so then Cooper goes back and he like had the scene that you just said, and he, uh, but then he says to her. She goes, well, here's all my excuses. And she turns and the paper's empty. And he goes, he goes, what would you call it? The words of a, what would you call it? And then he shuts the door and she says, tramp. You know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Goes, oh, man. That's a oh, my moment. God. Because that took it to a totally different level feel from, like, the entire movie. You liked how it had been, even with the innuendo stuff. I mean, this is like, right. you know, like, Yeah. Well, it's a so, 1941 uh, screwball comedy, and now all of a sudden it got really, it got really real in that one with yeah, that one really, word. In that one word, one word. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And well, that's the I mean, whole, the whole thing. The whole movie's about the power of words, right? Words, Slang and yes. like how everything. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, like not to. Uh, I want to rewind uh, to the um, the milkman 
Mm-hmm. When he comes in and he's talking about, I need a little scratch, you know, a little dough, uh, you know, because I'm going to uh, take the, take the, the referencing to women was really not nice, but no. <laughs> take, take the, take the, what do you call her? You call her a mouse, I think at one point. A and mouse, then, yeah. a mouse, you know, uh, for a, Take the mouse for a little hooch for a little rum boogie, a little you know, hoi toy toy, and then a hoi toy toy. And you know what? I looked up hoi toy toy, they are using it in a totally different con- context. Hoi toy toy, I actually looked it up. <laughs> um, and of course, I should have had this on here already before <laughs> I'm stalling here. Um, but hoi toy toy does not mean what they are insinuating, it's not that because if you know later, he goes. And if you don't know what hoi toy toy, go ask your dad. You know, that is not what I mean. Here it is right here. It says, uh, oh, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You can edit this part out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hoi toy toy. It came up toy toy toy. Oh, okay. That's different. Okay. And that that's something that has to do with something not even close. Never mind. Okay. Well, anyway, so where are we? So, so Gary Cooper leaves the residence. He goes back. He gets hit by his boyfriend, uh, the, the gangster. Uh, and then... Um, she says tramp, and then they're back at work. And uh, yes, one of them right. ends up with the Joe Lilac ring. Yes. That's yes. right. The the um, the uh, Richard Hayden character, the very soft spoken mm-hmm. one, says, "You know, I found her and she was crying, and she wanted me to give this to you." And he was like, "I don't want it, whatever." And then Gurdjieff, right? Freud, that guy, he comes up and he says, "Like, oh, very interesting." And then like, "What are you talking about?" You know, and he's like, "This is not the ring you gave her. She gave you back his ring." He goes, "That that means a lot." You know, and so then, you know, Gurukov is telling him basically subconsciously or psychologically, she doesn't want him. She wants you. Otherwise, she wouldn't have gave back his ring. She kept your ring. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, which that was kind of cool, too. It is. <laughs> then we got like, you think the movie is getting, I don't know about you, but like, I'm thinking the movie at this point, the first time I saw it, I'm like, Okay, so it's going to wrap up. I wonder how they're going to like get them together. They got to get them together. And then there's this whole other heist, um, like where they kidnap everybody. I mean, it's like whoa. Yeah, Pastrami comes in. Yeah, Pastrami and the other guy, and they hold them for ransom, basically. And the ransom is Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Oh my God, Barbara Stanwyck not wanting to say I do, Mm -hmm. right? Because now she realizes she loves. She loves Gary Cooper, and she's not going to do it. And that that emboldens Potts to figure out a way to to uh, get them out of the situation and all yes. that. And then, of course, you yes. end up with the whole sort of Damocles thing with the portrait. <gasps> and I was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, they brought in history. They yeah. brought in, you know, and I guess I relate Combined to this, powers. too, and I love this movie. I, like I said, I've been loving this movie for years, even way before I started writing uh, on the children's uh, book series. Um, but there's some similarities with this movie, how they bring in history. and so, Oh, and the other thing where they come to see her uh, back up, where they come to see her at the place. This is right before uh, they get in the car to go get married. Um, he brings um, uh, the two thugs come over. And as they're leaving, they talk to her. And as they're leaving, they say, I'll get you on the Amici. And she's like, she goes, what's that? And he goes, the telephone. And she goes, oh, on account of Amici invented the telephone? And, and they go like, no, because of the movie. And that movie 
it was Don Amici played that part, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Don Amici, who, you know, you know, he's been around, like, well, he's gone now, but yeah. been around forever, very, very well-known actor. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool that they threw that in, because that movie, I believe, was out when this movie either came out or it was around the same time. And for them to use that in a movie, it's like, oh, my God, that's like a real thing happening and they call it the Amici because it was Don Amici who played the part of the inventor of the telephone. In, That's cool. In real, yeah, isn't it cool? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's see. So where are we? So we're, um, they're, uh. So they get the upper hand back. on Pastrami with the, yes, the portrait. Pastrami. Um, yes. <laughs> and the then they're in the, they're head. in the van and they're doing like, like Chinese torture techniques and it's like know, tickling and. Um, with a feather of all things yeah yeah. yeah. Um, and then Potts is studying boxing he's like I'm gonna have to fight yeah. this guy I know it's gonna happen yeah they're all they're all taking the bull it, by it's, the it's a real, doing what each one can right. to uh, further, further the situation yeah yeah it's a really and, and, you know it kind of it's a testament to the, the power of knowledge basically which is the whole thing that starts with these guys yeah we don't know how the world works but we know we you know we can learn we're fast learners and we have all this knowledge mm-hmm. book knowledge that we can apply to real life situations, I guess. Yeah, so we, yeah, we, know, what, we, we know, know what we know what if you remember in the be- oh sorry. If you remember <laughs> yeah. the beginning of the movie, they knew what Nero was playing when Rome was burning. Right. I mean, you know, <laughs> they can tell you that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I also loved <laughs> when she's, you know, moments away from being Mrs. Joe Lilac. That you know, the the priest is like, uh, oh, do you take her? And 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 he's she's like, yeah, oh, whatever. Like she's making like comments under her oh, breath. She's saying, like, yeah, she's uh, making bad comments. I you feel, know, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. sick right now. And sickness and in hell. And she's yeah. Like, yeah, that was that. All that was great. <laughs> Again, Barbara Stanwyck is she's amazing. Uh, yeah. And then of course Phenomenal. we get the little boxing match between the two yeah. of them. Oh, and don't you love how? Gary Cooper gets knocked out a couple knocked right. down a couple times, but then when he gets back up and he, he clips him a one good one, but then when he goes towards him, it's like a girly like what I would call mm-hmm. a girly fight, you know, like over exaggerated with the arms swinging at him, and then he just dives on him on the ground, and you don't you don't see it. And I thought that was so clever in how it was filmed that they didn't show it. You know, like they just show Gary Cooper, big, tall Gary Cooper. It was almost like a girl flailing his arms and then jumping on <laughs> the ground <laughs> on Dana Andrews. <laughs> and then you see them get in. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's like a it really it really harkened to me like it was really bad. But like, you know, a schoolyard fight and kids yeah. are going, yeah, yeah, get up. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, fight, very fight, funny. Fight. Very yeah, funny. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we get the jump in time a little bit to her now. Uh, or I guess they're, back, out. they're the, bad. Them back at the place uh, at the mausoleum yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah uh, mansion, whatever. <laughs> yeah, trying to figure out. Well, how's this going to work now? Is she going to be part of the the group? Like, what's the deal? And mm-hmm. you know, he ultimately he takes the books and has her just stand on the books and uh, back mm-hmm. to the uh, the yum yum situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which yeah. I thought was super sweet. It's like the way that she came in and kind of changed all their lives and made them better. And, you know, I love, I love right. stories like that where right. you have all and these characters from different sides and then they all kind mm-hmm. of make each other better people. That's always really fun to watch. Yes, 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 exactly. And I noticed like right at the very end, she is still, you know, not to go deep here, but she's still, well, you know, she called herself the tramp in a, in a previous <laughs> scene. Right. But it, it's interesting to me how, how it was played where she said, 
you don't want to marry, tell him guys, you don't want to marry a. Now you want to marry a dizzy dame like me. Mm-hmm. So she's still, she's still downing herself. She's still not forgiving herself. Obviously he doesn't think nothing about her past, whatever. And so, you know, he's accepting her with love and she's still trying to hang on to her self-worth type stuff. Right. But then, but then when he grabs her and kisses her, it's like, oh, okay, this is for real and it's forever. Mm-hmm. And then they all walk out and they do that signature little like, the tongue click thing, thing. Yeah. That thing that she does. <laughs> <laughs> she, she calls them the squirrely, <laughs> squirrely cherubs one more time, yeah, which again was a cherubs. really cute phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Seven squirrely cherubs. I want to keep you all. What did she say in an earlier scene? I want to wrap you all up and keep you with me forever or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. 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 It's really sweet. It's a really sweet ending. And yeah, it's a testament to the whole, um, you know, how you can grow and and, in relationships and how, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody has their own self journey and self acceptance. And I think that's her, her story. And his is kind of, I guess in a way, in a way he's, I think Gary Cooper was like 40 when this movie came out in mm-hmm. a way, it's sort of a coming of age story for him in a way. Yes. Uh, and yeah. then for her sort of a, a yeah, sort of the opposite. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he it's could great. Have been, he could have been not in this movie per se, but like he could have been 80 years old and been in a bookworm his whole life and right. been a professor and never, never got married, never hit, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he could yeah. have, that could have been his life till the end of his life. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, it's it's uh, and you know what else this movie says to me? There's somebody for everybody, right. you know. <laughs> and I like feel good movies, I do, and that's another reason um, I picked this one. But this one is just clever. It's funny. It's sweet. Um, uh, you know, the right people uh, win in the end, whatever, and. Uh, you know, it just—it's just a feel-good movie, yeah. And it's very smart, very yeah. smartly written. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm becoming between this and Christmas in Connecticut. I'm becoming a real Stanwick fan now. I, I need to—I yeah. really need to like, to go through her filmography and kind of hit all the high points. Yeah, there's one film she did that I have never seen where she plays kind of a very dark character, um, and it's with—it's—they play her against, I believe, it's Fred McMurray. Mm. Uh, from my, I always think of my three sons when I think right. of him, but um, you know, uh, but she plays like a, a bad, like a femme fatale type of, and I've never watched that one because I don't know, I just never have. And then, of course, many years later, she ends up playing the mom in the TV show um, Big Valley. Yeah, uh, it was a western. Yeah. yeah, and that was where her daughter, a very young Linda Evans, uh, was in that one, and. Uh, Oh gosh, uh, the Bionic Man. What's his name? Uh, the, um, oh yeah, I'm blanking too. I started to say, I started to say <laughs> Steve Austin, but that's the character he played. Oh my God, my reality is getting mixed with my uh, my fantasy <laughs> imagination. I've lost it. I've lost it. Robin. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Well, this was fun. Yeah, Lee fun, Majors. Fun, fun, fun. Lee Majors Thank played, you. yeah. Majors. I knew I was like, because I, I could picture him. him. I was like, I couldn't remember his name either. Um, no, but thank you, you know, thank you so much for, for bringing this uh, movie to my attention. This is actually one that I don't even know if I had heard of before you mentioned it, let okay. alone had watched. I feel like it's okay, one of those cool. that in in the annals of classic film kind of gets probably lost in the shuffle in a way. Yes. And yes, I think that's unfortunate because yes, it's, it's really, it's a really sweet movie and great, great mm-hmm. performances by both of them. Like I said, Stanwyck in particular uh, stood out to me and apparently the Academy. Yeah. 
Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. So, Lori London, unless there's something else, can you tell people where they can find you on social media? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, Robert. Um, well, I have two websites. Uh, one is Lori London Entertainment, and that specifically is for Trippy the Fly. And then uh, that is linked to my music website, Lori London Music, because as you know, I, I've been a singer my whole life and songwriter and everything else. So those are linked if you are on the face of the page and go down. And also at the bottom, of each website are all of the social media buttons where you can just tap on them and go directly to like my YouTube videos for trippy YouTube for the music, uh, you know, concerts I've done, so on and so forth. Trippy, trippy and I are also on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn and uh, Instagram and, you know, all of those <laughs> Facebook. Yes. Please follow him on Facebook. He has, he has lots of international friends on Facebook. So that's, that's a fun site as well. Great. Perfect. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as for a traveling fly, that makes a lot of sense that he, I know, right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has lots of friends in Cairo, Egypt, Sri Lanka. I mean, you know, it kind of blows my mind when I look at the, their trajectory, like, where is this all coming from? Cause you know, you're curious, right? It's yeah, like, exactly. Whoa. Yeah, and he does go to Egypt, so hey, nice. <laughs> why not? <laughs> okay, yes, yes, we love the Egyptian folks, and I have some coworkers, my my regular job, um, that are from Egypt. And one lady, can I share this real quick? Sure. Um, one lady says, uh, she goes, well, I don't know. She says um, we have a lot of flies in Egypt, and I said, you do? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, we have them here too. You know, we laughed. You know, and she goes. Maybe they think it's funny that a fly is manning his own aircraft, his own airplane, you know, because on the front of the first book, that's what he's doing. Right, so right. I don't know. But I'm just I'm happy uh, that people from all over the world are coming along for the ride because that's what it, you know, fun. We want to have some fun. Um, so, yeah, no, thank you for bringing this one. This was a real, uh, really fun My movie pleasure. to watch and therefore talk about. Um, and we'll, I, you know, absolutely. We'll have you back at another point to talk about something else check in with trippy well, I've, I've, I've got one picked out already ooh, in my brain ooh, do you want to you want to drop a tease bringing up bringing up baby i have not seen bringing up baby i know <gasps> of bringing up baby i'm a terrible movie awesome. person because there's a lot of movies from back in the day that i still need to catch yeah. up with i have a lot of blind spots and right and now i have a toddler so i don't have a lot of time lately to oh, fill in that. those spots but this well, gives me a baby reason to do it. And, and uh, Philadelphia Story is another one. That's Catherine Hepburn. Okay. Those are both Hepburns. Cool. Um, and they're both actually Cary Grant, too. Wow. I oh, didn't yeah. catch that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, Stanwyck well, anyway. and Cooper had, uh, I think, had just done something before this. Or the same. Oh, yeah, really? I think. I forget which one I saw it on in my research. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's. We'll definitely, I'll, I'll make a note of that and we'll definitely talk about that at some point soon. But Lori, thank you so much for coming back to the show. This was so much fun. 
Robert, thank you. And I just love talking to you. Uh, you're, you're a wonderful host. And, uh, and again, I love your format. It's fun talking about movies. And uh, this is really a great show. And uh, I hope your audience enjoys this one as well. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, Lori. Best of luck with everything with Trippy and keep us posted. <gasps> thank you, Trippy. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Watch for him. He's going to be out there on TV land. I know it. All right. Thank you, Robert. You Thanks. have a great day. Thanks, Lori. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. This has been a production of CrookedTable.com. All rights reserved. That's the yard of a little KED.